Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe and Big L answer questions across the financial and retirement spectrum with topics like converting your entire traditional IRA to Roth when it's growing faster than you can convert, consolidating retirement savings, annuities, inherited IRAs, undoing SEP IRA contributions, converting to Roth after age 72, tax loss harvesting and Roth conversions, tax diversification beyond Roth conversions, and what to do if you think you blew up your Roth. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes where you can access free financial resources, the episode transcript, and to click the Ask Joe and Big Al on air banner to send in your money questions and maybe the fellas can answer without blowing them up. I'm producer Andy Last and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. So let's dive in. Okay. Just just like that, huh? Yep. Why waste any precious time? Why waste time? any time? You don't really care about my weekend, and I don't no. care about yours. I, no. So here we go. We've already done that. Been there. It's like, <laughs> no, thank you. Let's, like, just, let's move on. Let's get to the, the meat. All right. Uh, Frank, he writes in uh, from San Diego. Joe and Al, great program. Can I amend my a tax return 2019 and remove my SEP IRA contribution penalty free? Um, I filed my... Why does he go... TY twenty nineteen return. Yeah. Tax tax year twenty nineteen return. Tax year. Yeah. Yeah. Got that's it. what it means. T- tax year. I thought it was tax return, but that would not be T Y. That'd be T I. That would be T I. <laughs> Got it. So he filed his T Y two thousand nineteen return. Okay. Uh tax year twenty nineteen return in May twenty twenty. All right, let's start over here. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank writes in from San Diego. Okay. Can I amend uh, my 2019 return and move the SEP IRA contribution penalty free? Uh, so he filed his 2019 return in May of 2020. And, so, he, and he probably put that he was going to make a SEP contribution, but he didn't. I've now decided I don't want to make the SEP IRA contribution for tax year 2019. Yeah, forget about it. Can I file and amend the return, take the SEP IRA contributions out of the account and pay the additional state and federal taxes without penalty? Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll take this one, Joe. So Frank, you can, yes, you can amend your return. You have up to three years after you file. So that's no problem. Um, when you filed your return, which normally is due April 15th, this year was due July 15th. So you could have actually amended the return without penalty to that date. But now, since we're in August, as we, as we do this podcast, then when you um, amend the return, you should have paid more tax by July 15th. So there will be a penalty from that date to the date that you amend the return. The penalty, I wouldn't lose too much sleep over it. It's only 3% interest rate. So let's say you owe an extra thousand bucks, just to do a simple example. And if it were over the course of an entire year, it would be a $30 penalty. But let's just say it's a few weeks. It's not going to be very much. Sure. But there's another kind of penalty too, Joe. And that is if the SEP IRA contribution, oh, I, well, no, never mind, because he didn't make it. I was going to say if he made it and pulled well, excess. No, he did. No, I don't think he did. Can I take the SEP IRA um, contribution out of the account? Oh, okay. Well, I was going. I was going in the right place then. Yeah, because if he made money on it, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Income. Right. So he put in fifteen thousand dollars, and now it's worth sixteen. Let's just say you pull it out, and you got to pay ordinary income on that fifteen, right? Well, if he puts in fifteen thousand dollars, 
right? And it's worth 16000 Yeah. And he takes the $16,000 out. Yeah. He's going to owe taxes on the 1000 because he's amending his return and not taking the deduction on the fifteen. Yeah, that's correct. So so let me say that a little different way. So he'll owe taxes on the fifteen that he already deducted. So that comes out. And he'll owe taxes on the 1000 because he, that's what he made in the account. Correct. Okay. okay. So, so we're, we're saying the same thing I th- just I th- differently. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so hopefully that helps. But yeah, I guess without taxes and penalty, um, additional. Well, the answer's no. They're, unless I'm, I'm, I'm curious why he wants to take it out, but maybe he needs cash. Well, it's coronavirus. Maybe he wants to have more emergency fund or who, whatever. Maybe uh, you don't want to. He could do. He could take a CRD, a coronavirus-related distribution, and, and pay it off pay, over three years. That yeah. now you're talking, right? Yeah, or pay the account back. Yeah, three years later. Yeah. That's very clever. Look at you. All right, Frank. Uh, we're here to help. Hopefully that helps. Um, we got Michael from Mississippi. Yeah. Or is that Missouri? Mississippi. M.O.'s uh, Missouri. Correct. All right. I, I don't know if we've had a This could be a first. Mississippi. Have you been to Mississippi? Um, no. Me neither. I have not. I've only been to Texas in the Dallas airport, which hardly counts. you gotta, you got to live life now. <laughs> Definitely does not count as Mississippi. <laughs> uh, hello, well, Joe and Al. Uh, we love your show. Oh, we. Well, Michael. Um, okay, we love your show and listen. Every day on YouTube. Every day. Every day. Every day. And let's get it's our like, dose. Of, okay. You're honey, you're it's morning. You get the coffee. I'll turn on YouTube. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Michael, you got to get a life. Uh, we are 63 and 62, and we uh, will work until our 70s. We have real estate income of about, does that say 10000 a month? It does. Yes. Uh, wow, that's impressive. That yeah. $10,000 a month. Right. And a $1,000 a month pension, uh, $5,000 combined monthly Social Security, which will be claimed at age 70. Good. We pay ourselves 2000 monthly from our business. We have been converting traditional IRA to Roth IRA over the last few years, but it seems to grow faster than we convert. We converted $100,000 a year. We now have about $650,000 left to convert to Roth IRA. We are 100% in stocks in Vanguard. We want to convert all of them before 2025. Our question is, how much a year do you recommend us to convert a year to finish? So he's got a finish line. He all does. of it. I like it. Yeah, let's, let's get it all let's out. Let's blow it all out. Um, what would be the best way to convert? What would be our tax situation at age 70? Uh, we're thinking about Medicare premium that will be increasing by converting. We want to leave Vanguard Roth IRA for our children. We'll be listening to your show. Thank you. Always keep up the good work. We love you guys and the show. Well, we love you too. Um, well, what do you think, Al? He's got six hundred fifty thousand well, bucks. He's sixty-two years old. Let's, he wants to convert it all by seven or sixty-three and sixty-two. Right. Uh, so let's call it seven years. He's got six fifty. He's all in stocks. He's like he's converting, but I can't convert enough because the, the, the market keeps yeah, going up on it gets, me. Gets it. away from me. Um, well, so, I think you. I think you look at income, ten thousand a month real estate. So that's 120,000. There'll be some depreciation. Who knows how much? Let's just say 20,000 to keep the math easy. So 100,000 of income there. Monthly pension of 1,000, $12,000. I'm going to round it to 10. So now I would convert to the top of the 22. 
Well, hold on. No, yeah, I agree, but um, <laughs> let's get there. For your, well, uh, we're out of time. Oh yeah. Okay. Never mind. So convert to the top of the twenty-two percent tax bracket. The top of twenty-two percent tax bracket is what one hundred sixty thousand dollars of taxable income. Yeah, I think it's about one seventy. Okay, so one seventy. So you're still going to convert roughly about one hundred thousand dollars now. Uh, push out Social Security to age seventy. Right. Keep converting there because at the top of the 22, you're still going to have money into a 401k IRA, but we talked about it before. You're, th- those dollars will come out and will be, you'll use up your standard deduction in the, the 10% bracket. <sighs> All right. Cruising. Moving along. Yeah. Eyes are getting a little red, Al. I'm getting, getting tired. <laughs> it's been a busy day. Uh, All right. We got Dale from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Very cool place. Uh, I just retired this August. Well, congratulations, Dale, from Colorado Springs. Um, I have a traditional IRA with Vanguard, the Wesley Income Fund, with around 150000 in it. And I have a traditional 401k with Fidelity from my past job uh, with around 175. My question is, want to roll the 401k to the IRA? Would it be a good thing or not? Some more information about me. All right. I'm single, 66. I can live on Social Security, about $22,000 a year. He pulls out $12,000 from the retirement accounts, uh, which will put me in a 0% tax bracket, and I can live comfortably on that. Also, I have around thirty dollars plus in cash to help out. Thanks for your help. I'm a longtime listener to your podcast and also watching your TV show. Very cool. Thanks, Dale. Um, I think he's right on. I would move the money from the 401k to the IRA for simplicity or move the IRA into the 401k for simplicity. It just doesn't necessarily matter what you want to do there. Um, if you like Fidelity, move it into the 401k. If you like Vanguard, move it there. Um, the, the With 401ks, you get a little bit more, um, I don't know, protection if he does some criminal activity. <laughs> True. But Dale seems like a nice guy. I'm sure seems like it. Colorado Springs. Yeah, nothing's really going yep. to happen there. Um, yeah, so, I, agree, I agree with you. You generally have more investment choices in an IRA as opposed to a 401k. Not always. I mean, sometimes you have brokerage accounts in 401k, so not necessarily, but that would be a general thing. But I think the most important thing, as you said, Joe, is it's just it's simpler to have one account instead of two. Um, and then he's taking less than 4% out of the overall account, so the distribution rate is okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that too. Uh, so I like his plan. Uh, yeah, so he's single, 66, living out for Social Security, pulled another thousand bucks a month, got thirty thousand dollars sitting in cash, hanging out, watching a little of your money or wealth. Um, yeah, I like it all good. Okay, uh, Andy writes in, don't know where Andy's from. He goes, Dear Andy, Al, and Joe, hope you are all well in yours. I guess you two are the only one that have yours. <laughs> Not you. you and yours are well. well. Yeah, I don't have a yours. You got you have a you have a significant you have family. Other. Yeah, my mother's my yours. <laughs> my no. Uh, yeah. My goal is to strengthen my tax-free portion of assets. I have two questions. Imagine this, Al. Another conversion question. If you convert a non-deductible IRA to a Roth IRA, can you offset the gains against uh, tax? Harvested losses. No, no, that's a capital loss against ordinary income. You can do three thousand if you don't have any other capital gains, right? But yeah. no, you can't. Uh, when do you have to stop converting four hundred one k dollars to Roth IRA? 
presume it's okay before 72, but can you do it after 72? Well, God willing. <laughs> if you make it. <laughs> yeah, there's no limit. You know what? If Andy, if you lived 120, you can still be doing Roth conversions if you want. I'm going to be doing it after 72. Yeah, I know you I'm are. just killing it. You will have already converted everything though, right? At that point. You'll have to get some earned income so you can do a regular IRA so you can convert it. Yeah. Yes. But that went over his head there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, don't blow up your uh, tax brackets. Can uh, Pete? So, you, all right. So to, to answer Andy's question is that, no, you cannot take your losses from a uh, brokerage account and offset those losses against a conversion. Um, and then as long as you have dollars in a 401k account, you can continue to convert. The only thing is when you reach um, RMD age or your required beginning date, which is now age 72 or April 1st, the following year, um, you have to take the RMD. You cannot um, convert your RMD. So the RMD has to come out first, then you can do the conversion. So if you convert your required minimum distribution, um, then that's called an excess contribution. Um, and then you have an excise tax of 6% per year. Those dollars are in the Roth. Uh, so just be careful with that. You have to take the RMD out first, and then you can do the conversion after you take your required distribution. Uh, so you don't want to blow up your brackets. What that means is basically look at your tax bracket and don't go into a higher bracket than you need to and then pay the funds from outside the conversion. Yes, you absolutely want to pay the money uh, from cash or a brokerage account or um, outside monies from the, the 401k. Appreciate your shows and podcasts. Keep up the good work, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Uh, we got Alan from Texas writes in. He goes, howdy, Andy. Big Alan Joe. Appreciate the podcast and like how you bring some levity to the numbers. Keep it up. I have a question about tax diversification over time. I'm an avid listener to your podcast and hear you discuss how important tax diversification is, but it seems to be mostly focused on rolling funds from tax deferred accounts to post-tax ones, e.g. the trustee Roth conversion. Presently, I live in Texas, make $57,000 a year and contribute the maximum to both Roth 401k and Roth IRA. My annual withholdings just about cover my tax burden. So I'd rather my money grow tax-free in the Roth accounts as I will likely be working for another 30, 35 years. My company includes an annual cost of living of 3% and my plan is to divert that amount from my 401k to a traditional 401k to cover the increase in federal income tax. The goal is to contribute the maximum to my Roth accounts while keeping my tax burden close to zero. Is this a sound strategy? Am I missing something by contributing the majority of my investments to Roth accounts apart from the present day tax relief? I drive a Honda Fit and have spent time in Juarez. Juarez. Yeah. Okay. Hey, no, um, I think... We talk about tax diversification because everyone has their money in a retirement account, not a Roth account. So I think you're doing a hell of a job. Keep pounding money into the Roth and it's going to be tax-free. And then if you want to put money in a, the tax deferred to help you a little bit with the tax burden, because most of your money is going to be tax-free anyway, and you're going to be in low brackets. So you still have a, 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 a deduction. So yeah, yeah I like it. 
I agree with that because I, I think sometimes people think that we want you to put 100% of your money into Roth and not necessarily. Because let's fast forward to retirement age. If all your money is in a Roth, you have no income there. You've got your social security, which won't be taxable, right? So you get basically have no income, right, to be taxed on, which who, who doesn't want no income? But you, had, you were probably in higher tax brackets to achieve 0% tax. Why not take advantage of the 10 and 12% bracket in retirement? And, and so you actually want to have some money in traditional IRAs or for, traditional 401ks so you can have, use that money for the lower brackets in retirement. Yeah. And, and it also depends. I mean, you want to look at the taxation of Social Security. Um, it's, so what Yeah, and that there, makes right? it more complicated. Yeah, but, yeah. because then a per, a, some portion of the income will then make other income taxable um, in regards to Social Security, Medicare, and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's never as simple as it, we it, say. Exactly. Right? Uh, but no, I agree with you. I think it makes sense to, to get a tax deduction today um, to, to help least, him with that tax burden. Yeah. Some of right. it. Right. Because some of it's going to come out tax-free anyway just because you get a, a, a standard deduction of 25000 bucks. Yeah, and he's he's saying by doing this strategy, it keeps his tax burden close to zero. I think he, what he's talking about his withholdings are covering his tax. It's not that he's not paying any tax, and a lot of people sort of think about things that way. Which is, if I don't have to pay any tax on April fifteenth, then I I must be doing pretty good. And you did pay it; you just had it withheld. So just be mindful of that. We got John writes in from Los Angeles. Hello, guys. Love your show. Should have been watching it longer because I did something stupid after only listening to a few podcasts. So I'm hoping you can figure out what I should do now. I'm 70, wife is 60. I retired at the end of 2019. She retired a few years ago. After hearing you guys describe the benefits of Roth IRAs, I got excited and opened up one for each of us in December of 2019. In January of this year, having some cash lying around, he decided to put $7,000 into our new Roth accounts from our checking account and promptly invested the money in stocks. Fast forward to March 13th, both accounts dropped to around 5K each, and I rashly sold the stocks, thinking this was the end of the world as we know it. Um, Of course, things turned around, and I reinvested the money in May, purchasing only Apple stock since it had done well for me in the past. I quickly realized that I had screwed up from the beginning since we need earned income to deposit money into Roths. I only earned $2,500 from a little consulting in 2020, and my wife will make no income. Now both Roths have blown up with Apple stock and are worth $9,000 each. So my questions are, should I transfer the stock from both Roth accounts into our cash investment account, both with TD Ameritrade, before the end of the year, or what? Um, Can I take the loss from March and oh, because he sold it he saw, at a loss and then reinvested the and now yeah. it blew up. Okay. Right. Uh, will there be any um, penalties or is there anything else that I must do to keep the man off my back? Keep up the great work. I got a very, very simple, easy solution for John. I do too. Let's see if it's the same way. Uh, John, you retired in 2019. You had earned income in 2019. You made the contributions in January of 2020. You have until April 15th of 2020 to make a 2019 Roth IRA contribution. 
And this year was actually July 15th. Label the Roth IRA contributions that you need as a 2019 Roth IRA contribution and don't do anything with you. Yes, totally agree. That's all you got to do. Instead of calling it 2020 contribution, call it 2019. And that's allowed up to the tax filing date, which was July 17th. So there you go. I bet he's already blown this thing out. He sold it, went to cash, trying to take the uh, before this comes out. I guarantee he did something different and he was not patient. We'll, we'll get his follow-up and question with what he, he did. He was not patient. John, <laughs> hopefully you were patient and you just waited for your question to be answered because that's a big one. If, like John, you think you might have blown something up, or if you're just about to make a big financial decision, or if you just want a second opinion about your retirement plan, click the Get an Assessment button at YourMoneyYourWealth.com and sign up for a financial assessment with Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. It doesn't matter where you are in the country, and it'll be far more in-depth than the spitball analysis you get here on the YMYW podcast. But, like the podcast, the financial assessment is free. Seriously, no cost, no obligation, it's free. It's safe, too, because it'll be via video conference call, so you can talk about your finances with a certified financial planner while on the couch in your jammies if you want. Click Get an Assessment at YourMoneyYourWealth.com or call 888-994-6257. Steve from San Diego writes in, do you have an opinion on structured capital strategy funds? Uh, As an advisor is trying to talk my 55-year-old sister into one. She's a first-time investor. The fund is recommending only invest in the S&P and Russell 2000 in an international fund. No bonds. It doesn't sound like a wise investment to me. It supposedly covers you against losses of up to 10%. It's a variable annuity. It's a variable annuity is what it is because what they're doing is, it's funny. Why doesn't this sound good to Steve though? Hey, (laughs) We're, we're recommending that you could get in the S&P 500, Russell 2000, and an international bond fund. And guess what? If you lose 10% of that, you know, you're all stocks. Because the reason why you hold bonds is to protect you from the downside. But they're going to do it another way because you get full upside participation with the Russell 2000. You get the international S&P. And if the market goes down 10%, we'll cover it for you. No biggie. That's why you don't need bonds in this product. Why doesn't that sound good to Steve? <laughs> it sounds wonderful. It sounds wonderful. It sounds great to me. Where can I get it? Yeah. What's the catch? It, it, well, maybe that's what he's thinking. It's a catch, right? It's it's just a variable annuity uh, that has some downside protection that will give you the upside. But it, there's participation rates. There's cap rates. So you got to be careful. You get, of, a, you get a much smaller upside than the market. Right. If the market does 10, they might have a participation rate of 40% of the market. So you get four. Um, or it might have month-to-month cap rates where you can only participate in so much of the growth on a month-by-month or per cap basis. So you got to read the fine print. So, Steve, I agree with you. Um, it's not a great investment. But I don't know why you thought of that if they just told you, you what you told us. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, buyer beware. Um, all right. We got uh, Patrick and Jackie from East – Islip? Islip? I guess. I think so. Oh, I thought for sure, Andy, you would throw me under the bus there. <laughs> I don't know how, how she could say that. East Islip. Islip. Islip, New York. Uh, dear Joe, Al, and Andy, yo. Exclamation point. What up? <laughs> what up, P? I drive a black Honda Civic, and my wife drives a white suburban Outback. Subaru Outback. Subaru. Oh, Subaru. 
I just envision her in a suburban, like a badass chick, and then he's driving this Honda Civic. You know, so. <laughs> my my wife inherited an IRA uh, from her mother about five years ago, and is currently receiving money annually based on her age. Uh, we declined the money this year as per the Secure Act. Okay, question one: If inherited, if I inherit this account, do I receive it under the old rules of a stretch IRA? Uh, no, because let's say if your wife dies and you inherit it, is that what Patrick is asking? I us? believe so. I think so. Um, no, then it would have to be distributed out within ten years, even though um, because you're inheriting an inherited IRA, the stretch would not still go on a joint life. Yeah. So, so the key here is when did you inherit it? If you inherited before December thirty first, two thousand nineteen, it's the old rules, and two thousand twenty and and forward, it's the new rules. No stretch. But um, he is the spouse. <clears throat> Yeah, but it's it's a it's a beneficiary area. It's not can't be a spousal, right? Uh, yes, I'm ninety. As soon as I read this again, I was like, well, wait a minute, let me um, rethink <laughs> this. Uh, my three children are listed as beneficiaries on this account, and we don't want to leave them with a tax time mom when we pass. We are fifty three and fifty one respectively. We, what are our options to avoid this? I want to drain it now slowly over a few years and reinvest it somewhere else, like a Roth. The owner of the Subaru disagrees. She points out that the account is currently about $70,000 with American funds and her growth fund of American doing quite well. Let's compounding interest to its job. Tax bonds be damned. Um, Patrick, I'm with you. Um, depends on your tax bracket, but you can still compound interest in a Roth IRA. You just won't be taxed on it. It will grow forever tax-free. So um, I don't know what Subaru is all upset about. Yeah, but I think it's probably is it in a it's in a traditional right now, or does it say? Yeah, it's in an IRA. It's in an IRA. So you, you well, first of all, uh, but is he talking about the inherited IRA? Yeah, I think so. Well, you can. It doesn't matter. It's a tax time under the kids because they can't convert it anyway. The, the, so and, if they and, take the distributions out slowly, they could make those distributions as a Roth contribution. I yeah, guess if that's, the kids ever that's income. How, yeah, I wanted to make that clear because you can't convert an inherited IRA, but you can do distributions. And if you qualify for contributions, then you can contribute to the Roth. But here, here's another thought. I think I'm with the Subaru driver because. Jackie. Seventy seventy thousand um, dollars, and it's you know you're going to be draining money out anyway, right? Over time, and you got three kids. I mean, how big a time bomb is this going to be, really? I mean, good question. <laughs> it's not. It's not going to be huge. Um, we blew up the clock, but yeah, this is what you do, Patrick. You take it out and you put it in your Roths. Your kids' Roth IRA is what I would do if they qualify. If they have earned income. If they have earned income. Yeah. Right, six thousand dollars a pop. You do that every single year. I don't yeah. know, and then have it compound one hundred percent tax free. That'd be a nice little gift. That'd but, be. That'd but be Jackie's awesome. not going to do that because it's her money. She didn't inherit it, and it's in American funds. It's in the growth fund of America. She doesn't want to dink around with it. So, um, good luck with that battle. Yeah, that the inherited IRA kind of threw me off there for a second. Yeah, yeah, because it's a spouse. If they inherit an inherited spousal, it's it's still a it's a new inherited IRA. For them, it can't be a you can't do a spousal inherited. Yeah, because it's it's still in the deceased's name. Right, right. So it's in. So it would start fresh. Yeah. So well, no, that at in, this in, point, or they would have to distribute it out. Yeah, in the in the if yeah if if she died and he inherited it, then it would it would be a ten year distribution period. Okay. Um, hello, all. My name is Wilfredo, from New York. I like that. I think that's such a cool name, Wilfredo. 
I currently have two children, four-year-old and 18 months. And I was thinking about max out Roth IRAs for me and my wife. And in the event that any of the children want to go to college, then we would withdraw contributions, which by the time should be more than enough, assuming we can contribute the maximum contributions for the next 13 to 15 years. What's your opinion on this approach? Thanks. Can't wait <laughs> to hear the joke about my question. Well, Fredo, <laughs> so jokes about these questions. No, they're great questions. No, I, I don't hate the idea. And I'm not going to make a joke of it. Um, <laughs> You're not? Not really. Yeah. Uh, because what, 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 what he's doing, what Wilfredo's doing is like, all right, I'm going to put, let's see, both him and his spouse, uh, 10, they're, they're going to put like almost $200,000 into Roth IRAs as contributions over the next 13 to 15 years. Okay. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, well, I can take the contributions out uh, tax-free, penalty-free, and then I'll have that $200,000 available to take care of the kids um, when they go to school. I, I would not jeopardize my own retirement for my kids' college, first of all. Um, by having $200,000, if you're going to max fund a Roth IRA for the next 13 to 15 years, um, by having $200,000 of contributions, Al, the, the, the market value of that account would probably be a half a million bucks. And that's all tax-free for your retirement. Yeah. I would not do that. I would want to look at a different alternative. They're so difficult to get that much money into a Roth IRA. I mean, we've spent years on this show trying to explain different techniques to get people with a bunch of money that's not tax-efficient to a tax-free position. And if you took it out to put the little ones through school, that's great. But I would, I would use a different vehicle. I completely agree. I, I think that's good advice. I think the, the concept's right, though, right? The concept is simply that if you put in a Roth contribution at any age, you can withdraw those funds, no tax, no penalty, no harm, no foul at any time. And so that is a true statement. I guess one way to look at it is if you only had enough funds to do this or a 529 plan, at least if you do this, then at least the earnings are going to compound and grow and you'll have something in a Roth. I guess that would be one consolation. But I agree with you. I think if you can get this much money into a Roth IRA, and assuming with young children, I'm assuming, Wilfredo, you're young too. And by the time you get to retirement age, then you're going to have a good chunk of money that's all tax-free. That's that's like gold, right? right? I don't know. By the time these kids go to school, they'll be free. Um, but I would take a loan. I don't know. You can't take a loan out for your retirement. So he blows all of his Roth money or a big portion of it. Right. You know, I don't know. I just, or let, let the kids pay for it. Or, or something. You, you know what you do? You just kind of run a couple of different scenarios to say, all right, well, how much money should I be saving to make sure that the, we can um, fund X amount of the kids' college education uh, that still doesn't jeopardize my overall retirement? So, um, but very nice gesture. Wilfredo. It is. The only thing I don't like is, uh, you know, J Pat Patrick and Jackie, we found out they were from East Islip, New York. Wilfredo, just New York. We need a little bit more specifics there. Right. I wonder if he's neighbors. Yeah, maybe. I wonder what he drives. Okay. <laughs> Wilfredo. I What's mean. the name of your dog? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think Wilfredo drives? What, what was you your name when you were taking Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> Wilfredo. Um, and he's got two young kids i'm gonna say a toyota corolla station wagon i think that's i think that's what his wife drives okay All and right. i think he drives a 
a, a Honda Civic, just like Patrick. <laughs> All right, Wilfredo. Um, hopefully that helps. See, we're not making jokes. Uh, we got one from Minnesota. Hi, Joe. Big Al Andy. This is Matt from Minnesota. Love the show. Understand that with the new stretch rules, having a trust as a beneficiary of an IRA 401k gets nailed on the taxes. Uh, but what do you do if you have minor children? Someone needs to control the money. Are you stuck losing 50% to the government? Should minor children be listed as a beneficiary on an IRA 401k? I have a will with guardians specified, but I'm confused on how the money gets controlled. Thanks. Uh, all right, Matt. Good question. So what he's referring to, Alan, is that if you name a trust the beneficiary of a retirement account, and if it's not set up appropriately, uh, it kind of blows things up. Right. And here's why. Is before, if you passed away with a retirement account, you could stretch out the tax liability over the kid's life expectancy. Uh, Matt from Minnesota has minor children. So their life expectancy is long. And so the distribution that they would need to take out of the retirement account is quite low. So the tax burden is nothing. The recent changes though, is that, all right, now you have to take a lot of money out of the accounts um, over 10 years. All of it has to come out within 10 years. So you could take nothing out over nine years and then everything comes out on the 10th year or you could do one tenth or whatever that you want to do. Uh, but the, it accelerates the money coming out of the account. So why is this a big tax issue? Well, it depends on what Matt from Minnesota's goals are, right? If he names the trust the beneficiary of the retirement account to control the money from the grave, to say, you know what? I don't want my kids to get a dime of this. I want to hold it in trust, okay? Well, what happens then is that there still has to be a, a distribution from the IRA, right? Right? But the money gets, it's in the trust. Then it's held in trust. Yeah. And then if it's held in trust, any income that that dollar generates is then also then taxed at the trust rates, which is at 37% with about $10,000 of income. Yeah, that's probably about 13,000 of income. You're at the highest bracket is right. So that, that's, the, but you do control the money that way. So yeah, he's like, I, I don't want to give any money to the kids and blah, 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 blah. So, um, you, but but remember with the with the, the stretch IRA, stretch IRA rules, there's an exemption for minor minor children, meaning that they can still do their life expectancy up to age 18, right? The old rules. So well, naming a trust as the beneficiary for minor children still makes sense, and so he's all set. Any other comments on that? <laughs> He looks a little punch drunk there, Al. No, I'm just trying to say that that but the the stretch the stretch IRA rules are still available for minor children, right? So they do have to take a required minimum distribution. It's just small. Yeah. So right? I mean, he's got minor yeah. kids, and yeah. so the, the distribution's. But, got... but part of this too is is trust. Well, if you don't have a tr if you have a trust, you got the trustee set up. If you if you don't have a trust and you have the minor children as a beneficiary, you have to name a, a conservative or a guardian, which he has. So, so that's good. That yeah. works. So the guardian just kind of takes control yeah. of the cash. My, I'm not an attorney, but my understanding is if you, if you name a minor child as a beneficiary and don't have a guardian, then it has to be court appointed. 
which is a hassle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, be careful with naming trusts as the beneficiary, uh, because if you want to hold the money in trust, and you can, it it, it kind of blows you up. Um, or if you just do the see-through, let's say you take the distribution and it goes directly from the retirement account to the beneficiary, it needs to be distributed within 10 years anyway. So having a trust as a beneficiary is not going to protect it from what you want it to protect it from anyway, right. potentially. Right. So, um, all right. We got Marion from Clovis. Which is... Um, Where the hell is Clovis? It's right near Fresno. Uh, my mom and my with my uncles, my grandparents, that's, that's where my mom was raised in Fresno. And my uncle lived in Clovis for years. It's really? actually on the outskirts. I think it's south of Fresno, if I'm not mistaken. It reminds me of those cigarettes that smell like... Cloves. Cloves. Clovis. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Marion, I'm 75. You know what I'm talking about, Andy. Smoking the cloves. <laughs> I've never actually done it, but boy, you definitely know that smell. I haven't really seen anyone smoke a clove cigarette in quite some time. No. I think I'm going to start the trend again. Oh, oh. yes. Well, well, right here in the office. Not around, just, not around me, brother. Come on. I'm not. Right near the podcast and do the TV show, I'll be smoking cloves. Perfect to even further offend everyone you know. What? I, I think. Even further. I don't think that's. Yeah. She's, she's that's saying, not offensive. It smells like incense. But see, Andy was saying you offend everybody. You see, even know. further offend. I know. I know. So that- she's not a fan. I'm telling you, <laughs> she sees you too much. Um, all right. So Marion, seventy-five, wondered if getting a home mortgage is desirable. All right. Low interest rates. Have a pension to cover the mortgage and current expenses. Maybe able to itemize taxes. Uh, money would be gifted to children. So that's that's exactly what the email said. Uh, do you have a question in there? Should should Marion buy a house? Well, she so. she wants to know if it's desirable. She probably has a house paid off. She wants to see if we think it's a good idea for her to get a mortgage, pull money out, and give it to the kids. My answer, if that's your question, Marion, is no, <laughs> absolutely not, because you never know when you might need it. I mean. We're living into our 90s or hundreds, and are some of us going to need long, long-term care? Might you need that money at some point? Uh, the answer is yes. So, no, that's, that's not a good idea, I don't think. Well, that's pretty good. I, that's a good deciphering. Um, I, I was lost. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I have no idea what the question is. But you're right. Now that yeah. I kind of looked at now this, that you look like, at it again. hey, let's take the money out, low interest rates, give the money to the kids. So he, here's the even bigger interesting point to me is most women I know are petrified to say their age. And well, Marion is and probably she, a guy. And she starts, oh, well, maybe. No, Marion's a woman. How do you know? Because this is Marion from Fresno. Who, this is Marion who emails us quite frequently. She switches back and forth between Clovis and Fresno. Yeah, because they're right next to each other. I don't know. Well, you're stalking. You're... Anyway. No, for, I just get Mary... emails from Marion. You, you can. My father-in-law is named Marion. Marion so has even possible. told us that John Wayne was Marion. Last chance reminder, you only have until September 21st, 2020 at 9 a.m. Pacific time to fill out the third annual YMYW podcast survey for your chance at a $100 Amazon e-gift card. Tell us what you think of the podcast for your chance to win. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to access the survey right there in the podcast show notes. No purchase necessary, U.S. residents only. That's it from Carmen, Alfredo, and Pepe. Stick around to the end for the derails to get 
get in on the joke. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 for your free financial assessment. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Have you ever been there? Juarez? Yeah. Uh, Only on no. TV. Um, <laughs> I've, you know, I've, I dated a girl from El Paso. Yes. And her brother was a, a detective. And so I went on a call with them, like, one night, you know, just kind of like a ride-along. Right. And we drove to the border of Juarez. I never went through the border. We talked to some border patrol people. Got it. Uh, I would that, like that's to pretty go. close. It was you, pretty side. I, anyway. I would love to go to Juarez. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Good time. Have some Ducati, tequila. Right. Out. Right. Yeah. So, ah, uh, wow. I just got myself, I was like totally living in the moment of like Narcos Mexico <laughs> right there. <laughs> and totally forgot question. What, uh, what Alan from Texas was um, asking us. You know, and when I was uh, taking Spanish in seventh and eighth grade, I was Alfredo. I, but I think I like Wilfredo better. Yeah. My name, uh, my, yeah, I took um, Spanish. Where were you? I? Uh, Pepe. Pepe. <laughs> were you really? Yeah. I was Pepe. Carmen. 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 Mm-hmm. All I knew is when the, when. Where's the, Carmen? What's that show? Carmen San Diego. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, where, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the right. hell is Carmen San Diego? Right. Where <laughs> Carmen is in San Diego. Is it like, where, where's she at in San Diego? I don't know. I don't guess. know anything about it. Never watched it. No, we'll joke about your name. I just love your name. That's all I. That's that's what I care about. We'll talk about Carmen and San Diego. <laughs> I don't know how the hell we got there. Um, all right. Because this show has now become Alfredo, Pepe, and Carmen on <laughs> yes. your money, your wealth. <laughs> Pepe, certified I'm financial a, planner with I, Alfredo. I'm Grande Alfredo, <laughs> and you're Pepe, Pepe and Grande Alfredo. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, but I get it now. The Subaru Outback is more, um, you know, you're kind of a camper or something like you. You like the outdoors. Yeah, so you, you have can, an Outback. You can, and, you can you can take an Outback anywhere. Oh, Four yeah. wheel drive. Four wheel drive car. If you if you live in uh, I don't know about New York or East Islip, Islip. Uh, um, if you live in Colorado, you got to have it. Yeah, I think outback. it's yes, yeah. it's mandatory. Yeah, right. it's mandatory. Probably goes to uh, Urban Outfitters. And, oh, uh, yeah, right. Gets REI. Flannel shirts. Guarantee yeah. REI. He's got a Yeti cooler in his hand right now. Uh, I almost bought a house but my right po- next to John Wayne's house. Oh, you did? Yes, over at Belusia. Man, you are full of derails today. Oh, in Palm Valley. Palm Valley. Oh, yep. Palm Valley? Yep. Oh, really? Right on the course. Wait, you're just you're just buying real estate. I, I'm a you, mogul. You can't help I'm, it. I'm a mogul. You're finally, uh, as Ann calls me, a real estate monster. Yeah. You're, you're finally a real estate yeah, I was playing golf, and then after the round, it's 120 degrees out there. And then I had a couple beers, and then all of a sudden, someone brings out tequila. And then next thing I know, I'm, <laughs> You're almost, trying to buy I'm almost buying a house because it's right next to Bill Murray's house. Oh, it's on uh, well, the 17th tee box. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this house because I'm, I want to be neighbors with, with Bill, Bill Murray, Murray sure. and live next to John Wayne's old house. That okay? I get that. Um, yeah. But didn't go through? No, no, we pulled. I pulled. <laughs> I pulled. <laughs> After the tequila it wore off. It sounded great at the time, Al. Got it, okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Darth Vader mask and then um, 
Bill Murray's neighbor's house uh, yeah. would be my two biggest uh, stupid purchases. Wow. Stupid, bigger. stupid like, purchases. Yeah, and your and your claim to fame too. Yeah, I mean it was like uh, three thousand square foot, two bed, eight bath. Eight. Is that enough for a single guy? Yeah, it's eight, like, ba- eight bathroom, two bedroom. It it's used like, to be like the bungalows where people would stay or something. It was a cool house. There's yeah, a lot okay. of work to be done. <laughs>